0: Welcome everyone to the Neil World Order Podcast Coming to you from the Southern Comfort Zone here in Frigid, Wisconsin uh, Still a little bit cold here um, Not the snow though that everyone's supposed to get down south Looks like there's a big snowstorm that is going to be uh, pretty much south of us And hit the uh, Ohio Valley area I talked to my mother back home and they said they could get anywhere from like 3 to 12 inches, which is kind of crazy to think that they're going to end up with more snow. I think they've already had more snow this year than we have, but, um, so I was thinking the other day when I was doing this, and I was like, wow, I've kind of been short on the music stuff the past few episodes, and I don't know if it's just been other topics I was talking about, or whatever, sometimes I just forget, or sometimes the music thing is just a title, you know, and it doesn't really tie into anything, so... Last week, I neglected really to even get into Jimmy Eat World with all my long winded, winded rambling about the episode. Um, I just wanted to take this time to say how much I actually love Jimmy Eat World. Um, and that you should check them out too. Everyone knows the song, The Middle. The, you know, it's like it just takes some time in the middle. Blah, blah, blah. You've all heard it. I'm not going to sit here and sing it. But uh, check out some more of their stuff. I'm confident you'll love it. Uh, it kind of has that emo, uh, rock, whatever kind of feel, it's really good stuff, great songwriting, they're a great band, anyways, but, uh, so kind of staying with the music, sort of, uh, my wife found this idea about, uh, doing one night a week is like having a date night, you know, so some time just for us to do something, connect, and have some us time, um, well, last week we did a easy kind of stay home date night. We watched a movie. We watched, uh, Red Notice on Netflix. It's got, uh, Ryan Reynolds, The Rock, and, uh, Wonder Woman's in it. It was actually hilarious. I mean, it was kind of your typical kind of action movie, but I think Ryan Reynolds was phenomenal. I thought him and The Rock had really good chemistry. And then, you know, you have Gal Gadot, and she's just amazing to look at. But, uh, we did that, uh. We made some homemade pizzas, not on the grill. Don't even get me. I don't know if I, did I ever tell you guys this. I, one day I would tell the stories of pizzas on the grill and how the disaster that is. And we played some Scrabble, which of course I won, and listened to vinyl records. Um, I was fortunate enough to pick the music. Not that my wife's taste in music is bad, but I think it just involved getting up more. So she let me do it. Um, the first album I played was Elton John's classic masterpiece, Goodbye Yellow Brick Road. It was released in May of 1973, which is crazy to think how long ago that was. That was like 27, like almost 50 years, 48 years ago, this coming May. Uh, it's a double LP. It sold over 30 million copies worldwide. Um, it's just a phenomenal album. Um, contains clap, you know Benny and the Jets, Candle in the Wind, Saturday Night is All Right for Fighting, Harmony, Funeral for a Friend, Love Lies Bleeding, and obviously the title track, uh, Goodbye Yellow Brick Road, which I kind of think is Elton John's opus. It's kind of it's his best song ever. It was written by you know Bernie Taupin, who actually wrote and co-wrote pretty much every big Elton John song. He was kind of like the man behind the curtain. And, um, I, you know, it, it's just like this perfect song. Um, I feel like I love it more the older I get. And it becomes more relatable. Um, if you've heard the song, you kind of know. It's just one of those songs that, you know, sometimes when I hear it, it sounds cheesy, but I think I just kind of close my eyes, you know, unless I'm driving, and just kind of take it in and just, just, just listen to it. You know, it's about... Reflection, looking at where you are versus where you came from, and possibly where you want to be, which I think something you know, which is we can all kind of think about and relate to. Uh, how that sometimes we find we're not we're not in the driver's seat of our own lives, and that empowerment you get when you take that take back the wheel, so to speak. You know, and on top of that, I think the The vocals on the song show the range that Elton John once had with his voice. Uh, If you see any of the recent videos of performances performances of it on YouTube and stuff, you'll see it's not there. I mean, obviously, the poor guy's pushing 80. It's not going to sound the same. Um, But it is simply one of the best songs ever written and one of the greatest albums in rock and roll history. And I and I got to thinking, and I was talking to Kai about this in the car today, and I don't think she was feeling me on it. But it's like they don't make music like that anymore. There's not a song on the radio today that will matter 48 years from now. There just isn't, you know. And I and I don't know if that's we've changed as a people, the people that appreciate music. You know, are different, and it's such a "What have you done for me lately?" world. But you know, I almost feel like this makes me sound like an old man. But like "Goodbye, Yellow Brick Road," it's classic, true work of art. And I I sat here and I I thought of anything in the last decade or maybe longer that will have this kind of longevity, or even resonate with people in fifty years and we're just talking to music, not the person, you know, and I I look, I look for music today. Like I, you know, I, I try to listen to things I'm open to and there's, there's things I can enjoy and see some depth and create creativity in. But when when you look at mainstream artists and this probably pains me to say, I look at Taylor Swift and she's probably the only one that's still going to be relevant in twenty. The 30 years. I mean, after that, it, it it's it's kind of hard, um, you know. But even when I look at music today, like I was saying, like I enjoy the weekend. We've talked about that. Uh, I think he's amazing. Harry Styles has shown flashes of greatness. Um, you know, Justin Timberlake's I thought was going to be that kind of, but he's kind of fallen off and kind of, you know, an afterthought anymore. You have Adele. I just think Adele's going to fall into that Celine Dion thing where every album just sounds like the same old songs over and over again, and, you know, there's just not, I don't know the, I don't know if there's a market for that music long-term. Uh, you know, and then you look at bands, and even the bands, I could think, of, you have like the Foo Fighters and Pearl Jam, but both of them are still throwbacks The band they've been around for 30 years. So you really can't lump them in as new artists, but I think their music will still matter uh, years from now. But I I don't think we're going to see another Elton John, you know, another Beatles, Bob Seger, Rolling Stones, uh, you know, a Janis Joplin, The Doors, um, a Michael Jackson, Billy Joel, a Bruce Springsteen. And I'm not a huge Springsteen guy, but, like, guys whose music, like, you know, it's as relevant today as it maybe was the day it released, and sometimes it's even more relevant or even more popular. You know, any artist, obviously, when they uh, pass away, their music sales always increase or, you know, they do a movie. I mean, they did the Rocket Man biopic on Elton John a few years ago and sold a ton of albums after that, which actually was a really cool movie. I know it came out after uh, Bohemian Rhapsody, which they kind of did on, which they did on, uh, wow, Freddie Mercury, blanked out for a second. And uh, Queen, yeah, there's another band. There'll never be anything like them. Um, But Rocketman was a whole different kind of thing. Like, it was almost like a rock opera, and just the way they incorporated the music into the, if you haven't, if you're open to creativity, it's a brilliant movie. Like, I actually enjoyed Rocket Man better than Bohemian Rhapsody, but it might be because I like Elton John's music better than Queen. I think Queen's great, but I've always been, you know, into that classic Elton John song. Um, and it's cool because I actually, my father had, you know, one of the original presses from when, I don't know, when he was younger you know, the 1973 copy of Goodbye Yellow Brick Road. And that was kind of how, and I don't know how it came to be that I got to listen to it. Uh, I just remember listening to it on my stereo, probably high school, middle school and being like, Oh wow, here's this whole like generation of, or new music that I've not really been able to hear and thinking, wow, this is not completely understanding of it being like, yeah, I know this is good. Um, you know, and I feel like we don't really get so much of that music anymore. I feel like music today is, it's kind of overproduced, more commercialized, and it's not, I don't know, it's not realistic, if that's, for lack of a better word. You know, and no genre is safe from all of this. I mean, I, I, I look at hip-hop, you know, rap. We went from, like, Biggie and Pac to guys mumbling like they have mental disabilities. And Chick's talking about, like, just their cooch. It's terrible. I mean, yeah, sure, we got Eminem and Kanye, Yeezy, whatever he calls himself. But, like, the rest of it, it it's straight fucking terrible. Uh, you know, in country, even, I don't know, the last 30 years or so, has kind of blurred the lines with pop. And maybe that started with the whole Garth Brooks being so huge and mainstream. You know, and while we still have our Chris Stapletons, our Morgan Wallens, Eric Church, you know, then you have Florida Georgia Line and your Walker Hazes and your Sam Hunts out there that are just like, Egh. you know, so the, the days of as far as country, the days of Willie and Waylon are long gone. You know, the how the days of George Strait and Alan Jackson are gone, you know, and there are some great songs out there today across all genres. I'm not saying they don't exist. I'm just saying. It's not like it used to be, and that that is such an old person thing to say if you think about it. Why well, you kids don't know? You know, I remember listening to good music as I walked uphill both ways to school in four feet of snow with only one shoe. But I mean, I guess we had it made for a while in music. Uh, you know, anyone that's maybe thirty-five or old, older, and thank God for old vinyl and even Apple Music. I know we talk about that all the time. Um, it's good stuff Let me get a sip of this whiskey so speaking of things that uh, didn't age well the uh, current administration tried to pass a what was called I think it was the John Lewis Voting Rights Act John Lewis was a senator congressman from Baltimore that died in the last couple of years, and I don't know, they probably, I think by putting his name on the bill, they were trying to make it more appealing, and um, I guess it didn't work. But essentially, and ultimately what they're looking to do is take away the individual state's rights to enact voter ID laws, which, which is fucking crazy. You know, hear me out. Like, and, and I feel like I'm preaching to the choir because you guys are all on the right team, is you need an ID to buy liquor. To get on a plane, enter a courthouse. I mean, you need an ID to get into a strip club just to see boobs. You know, at least that's what I hear. I'm not, I'm not sure. I'll have to confer with Brandon and see if that's true. He likes to go see the naked guys dance in Lake Geneva. Um, however, requiring someone to have an actual ID or to be a legal citizen is considered systematic racism and going too far. You know, as if saying people, I guess, of color, because that's a new thing, and instead of just saying people who aren't white or whatever, they aren't capable or have the means consistently to get a form of ID, which, which that almost sounds racist. You know, and this is legislation brought to you by people who think you should have to present papers to eat at Wendy's or enter an art gallery in D.C. that you've had all your boosters, vaccinations, and, you know, and I, I, I read this and see this. And I'm like, you know, so I know obviously you guys that listen to this, and maybe some of you girls, too. Uh, the NFL show on ESPN Sundays before the games, where they do that. Come on, man! Segment where they look at dumb stuff, and it, it was either Randy Moss, Chris Carter, one of you know. And it's like, come on, man! As if you can't be fucking serious, you know. And and this is where I am with this, you know. I'm like, imagine require. So you're, you you want to require papers, and I'm literally scratching my head as I talk about this, for a vaccine that doesn't work, that technically isn't a vaccine, it should just be called the COVID shot. Um, in the midst, you know, of two years of a fake pandemic, and that, which I think it's time, honestly, we realize this whole thing is bullshit. Um, you know, and people are still lining up for boosters. So, you've had three or four, they're not working. So your plan is, oh, I probably... Just need more of this stuff that isn't working in my body. It's not spaghetti sauce, dumbass. Adding more sugar isn't going to fix it. You know, and, like, even think about the people getting tested. You don't even know if you have it. So your thought process is to go wait in really long lines with other people who could have it, could be sick, to see if you have something, which you might not even have symptoms of, like, that there's nothing they can really do for you anyways, like I don't understand what that's all about and literally like my teleprompter just literally lost its shit on me it's like I got hacked that's computers for you right technology is always great till it's not that's what I always say so give me just a sec here while I get back with the program and try to figure out why that did what it did And I have to find my thing. See, I told you guys. I don't just go off the top of my head. This is very important to me. You know, without this, I could be on here sounding like Joe Biden, just mumbling about toasters and tortoises and why George Michael eats peanut butter or some crazy shit like that. That would be just how my mind would work. But anyways, so I I don't know. I guess I look at it and I'm like, when I think about the whole pandemic pandemic. It's like no one who is under 65 without underlying conditions should even be worried or even be talking about this like but why why trust me I guess you can look at the actual numbers you know not the ones on TV scrolling across like the uh, NBA scores um, you know or that your crazy CNA friend with like three biracial children is talking about or posting on social media, go to the source, go to the CDC, go to John Hopkins, go look at your state's health department site. We're fine. I said this on day one. There is nothing to worry about. People have died. Yup, people die. That's what happens. It's sad, but it's eventual. We're not all going to die from this. Your kids are completely safe, and most likely you are as well. Wrap your head around what life should look like, not this bullshit reality that they've been trying to sell us the past two years. You don't need a mask, or a shot, or six feet of space, gloves. You need common fucking sense and the ability to think for yourself. And if you quit thinking for yourself, you might as well be dead anyways. What would be the point? So, after going off on our little offer of tangent there, pretty much the Voter Registration Act exists to continue to eliminate things that otherwise would fall under the, the guise of election fraud. Why? Because liberals are idiots. And they are. I know... I'll catch flack for saying this. it little people, people. Well, kills these when people like, girl, they're not all idiots. Show me when it's not. If you st- like, okay, you, you may not argue all these things and cry and be a snowflake, but you're still supporting idiots. So you, you're kind of guilty by association. You remember like maybe when you were a kid and you didn't always hang out with the best people and your mother would say you are the company you keep. You know, and if you hang with apes, it's hard to be clean. Apes smell, they throw poop at each other. That's just how it works. Don't make the rules, I'm just telling you about them and how they work. Anyways. So, you know, like I said, all these people that are voting Democrat are basically retards, period. And I'm guessing if we went and got a doctor on the show and he talked to any of them, he would probably agree. And it wouldn't have to be Dr. Kevorkian, who, you know, it's a shame isn't around to help some of our liberal friends. Unfortunately, this past weekend, we lost comedic genius and a man many have referred to as America's dad, Bob Saget. Uh, Saget was found dead in an Orlando hotel room at the age of 65. As far as I know and everything I've read, there's been no foul play sus- suspected, nor drugs or alcohol. It appeared to have pl- played a role in his untimely passing, although I will say he did recently get his last booster, but I'll leave it at that. Not sure many of you actually know this interesting fact about Bob Saget, but he directed the amazing and unappreciated film, which is a classic work of art called Dirty Work. Starring Norm MacDonald, God rest his soul as well, and Artie Lang. I think Artie Lang's still alive. He used to be on the Howard Stern show, and then he had a lot of drug and personal issues. He may be in a ditch somewhere. One of my best friends in the world, Dana, used to like to always tell people that Bob Saget directed dirty work. So much so that when uh, someone had posted that Bob Saget was dead, or Dana was talking about it on his Facebook page, Scott's first was like the first comment he said, "Hey, did you know he directed Dirty Work?" So it's always just kind of been an inside joke with us. Uh but yeah, so 2022 not really starting off that great. I mean, Betty White, although I mean that was technically 2021, but still uh we also lost Sydney Portier, was an amazing actor. Um, you ever think it's weird and people always talk about it and I'm sure there's it's probably something that's easily debunked but i feel like my whole life i've always heard this and people are always like oh celebrities or famous people they always die in threes you know and i don't know if there's truth to that i think i honestly didn't care enough to look into the history of famous people dying in threes i think it's just kind of like when one famous person dies the eyes kind of shift in that general direction so you see more of what's going on over there because you're already looking over there and all the eyes are there but that's just that's just me You know, it's kind of like news cycles goes in a way. It's, um, you know, some weeks it's racism, some weeks it's, I don't know, sexism or missing white ladies or whatever. But anyways, uh, Bob Saget was obviously best known for playing Father Danny Tanner on the show Full House. Honestly, and I know this is going to break a lot of hearts or maybe make people disappointed in me, I never really watched a lot of Full House or the remake Fuller House, which I think everyone from the show eventually was on, um, except the Olsen twins, but I I could be wrong. Um, I loved Bob Saget's stand-up, which I don't know if many of you know, it was a complete 180 from his role as Danny Tanner. His stand-up was very off-color, dirty, some would call it disgusting, uh, offensive, but you guys know me, and I'm a huge fan of things that make people cringe or that most people would say are just ah, you shouldn't say that or you shouldn't laugh at that um, that's the stuff I like um, you know and I'll remember Bob Saget for funny roles he played in random movies here and there but uh, if you get the chance go on YouTube after, of course after you finish this episode of the podcast and any of the other ones you haven't caught up on yet and listen to Bob Saget's song my dog, and you can thank me later, or tell me I'm going to burn in hell, both are completely acceptable answers, and either way, I, I think you'll get a, a good laugh at a, out of it, and you'll be like, oh my god, or you may just be like, I cannot believe I'm listening to this, or I cannot believe somebody put this out there, either way, it's, it's worth your time, I promise, so, At the risk of sounding like, uh, I don't know, a whiny little bitch, do you ever, and I'm sure you do, but I always like to post things in the form of a question. Maybe it's rhetorical. Maybe it's just to sound like I'm talking to people out there. Do you ever sit back and ask yourself why things can be so difficult or frustrating at times? And I'm not talking about putting together a piece of furniture from Ikea. Um, Maybe it's just me. But I find myself at times when something has kind of come to a head, um, you know, and it's kind of like off-raid and off the rails, and it's just like, ah, you know, I start to think backwards, you know, and kind of say, how the fuck did I get here? Um, and I think it goes kind of almost in line with the communication thing I kind of spoke on last week. But seriously, though, when you end up at the wrong spot and it's not like figure just figuratively, maybe it's, I don't know, personally, professionally, literally, you have to ask yourself why and how. Right. Like that's normal. Like, you don't just say, oh, well, i fucked up. Here I am. Um, And I feel like the ability to do that is maybe what sets us apart from animals. You know, our ability to think and reason and find the logic in things, which, you know, it's kind of crazy to talk about in the world today because I feel like those skills are diminishing on the hour. But when you eat, and it's kind of ironic that when you even start to think like this and try to figure out the how, is that process can be just as equally frustrating as what got you thinking about it in the first place. Like, that's how our minds are. It's kind of crazy. Maybe I'm just losing it, you know, and, and I can't, I can't count how many times I ended up somewhere, like I said, personally, figuratively, etc. and I'm like, in the midst of it, how did this happen? Like, it, like it's in my head, you know, like, I'm asking myself, it's like, as if I were driving and, and I, just, I just missed an exit or turn, which I promise you that happens all the time, too, because... I pay attention about as well as I listen. Maybe it's like a whole thing. You know, and unfortunately with life or people or conversations, it's not always as simple as just turning back around because you can't undo time or actions or things you say, choices you make and all that. I mean, you can say, oh, I wish I could take that back or I wish I, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, and all that. You know, and it's crazy because I always feel like I always – pre It's all, you know, you'll tell yourself it's always about moving forward, like your struggles, your failures, whatever, as long as you're still moving forward and you're headed towards where you want to go. Like you have your compass and you know where you want to be as long as you're moving forward. Yeah, sure. All that stuff's there. But. To some extent, it's like, I don't know, I feel like it still requires knowing where you've been and why you were there. And. Before we go any further, I'm just going to say I was 100% sober when I put this segment together, um, just so you know. Not sure if that's good or bad. I guess sometimes I wonder and I ask myself and I think about it, and this is like point that I can overthink the shit out of things at times. It's like, do you ever wonder if the biggest lies we tell are to ourselves? And I don't think it's like, an, like we're not exaggerating anything, like... We all have that person or co-worker that literally just makes bullshit. They're like a bullshit factory. It's just like all day you just want to put a gun in your mouth. You're like, oh, my God, will you shut up? No. I think of, uh, you know, the part in Billy Madison where Chris Varley was the bus driver, and he's like, you know, me and her, we got it on. He's like, no, you didn't. And he's like, oh, my friend. And he's like, no, they didn't. Like, But anyways, we all have those people. And, um and you know and when we lie to you know the you know when I'm saying like we lie to ourselves I and mean, maybe it's more like a denial or some sort of I don't know self-defense mechanism that kind of shields us slash blinds us from the actual realities we're walking in you know and what this does you know when we're like this and I was thinking is like maybe it keeps us from seeing what curves could be ahead of us. You know, and then when we get there, we aren't always prepared for for the outcomes or the results. You know, think about in life, I don't know, maybe in the last week, month, day, whatever. How many times you've walked away from, say, an argument, a discussion, a situation, and you're like, well, fuck, I didn't see that coming. Um, you, you know, or think, hey, am I doing this right? And, the, you know, you're like, hey, I'm doing this right. And you feel like you kind of know what you're doing. But then the world pulls off the blinders and you kind of see things. You see the same things through different eyes and you're like, well, fuck, this is a mess. You know, and then it's tough because you've, I don't know, it, it, it's just like you look at it then when there's this mess and it's this huge project. And you don't know where to start and it's overwhelming, like with anything, like sometimes getting, they always say getting started is the hardest part, like you know, with working out or eating right or a new job. It's, the you know, anything in theory, it takes 21 days of doing the same thing for it to become a habit. Um, So sometimes you put off trying to reconstruct these pieces that came apart or things that just kind of become unglued, unhinged, whatever, and you walk away. And sometimes you do nothing and you just hope it fixes itself. And I'm guessing, you know, that's just what you can do. You can reconstruct it, you can walk away, or you can just do nothing and hope it fixes itself. And I'm guessing at some point in our lives, we've all done all three, and maybe you got the results you wanted by doing one of those. Maybe you didn't. I, I don't know. You know, and I'm not, I guess I'm not saying that we should expect to go through this journey of life and stress every mishap or challenge, or sometimes that Shit actually doesn't just happen because shit happens. It's it's on a t-shirt and a bumper sticker for a reason, man. Sometimes it's just like, fuck. You know, there's there's not always a reason or an understanding to the way things work. And I think if we always search for those, that's a whole level of insanity that you'll never recover from. I'm saying that maybe things we think we are in control of, well, we may not be. You know, and, and just for the not understanding that we're not in control of it, not that we could be and we're not, or, and I'm kind of a person who's big on understanding and accepting that we shape our journey in life. Um, you know, the decisions and the choices we make, the people we take with us that we don't, it's all part of, part of a story that is, was, and will be your life. Um, and I think the past few years, I personally, this sounds terrible, and like I don't want to be one of the people. I try to live better. Now, that doesn't mean like I'm being a better person in general because I I try to be better for my people and my tribe, and I try to be more open and understanding. And sometimes I completely fail at that. I I do. And I tell myself, you know what? It's okay. Uh, I'm very hard on myself behind the scenes. Uh, You know, like I said, I I feel at times I do my best processing alone. And that best may not be the right word for it. Maybe that's just where I personally am more comfortable. You know, and I'm really not sure what that whole segment was about. I think it was just sometimes about wondering how we get where we are or how to, I don't know, maybe trying to see the dangers ahead, driving with your brights on, equated to either that or just... Equate it to the ramblings of a beautiful genius that you let come through your speakers once a week. So, staying with uncomfortable, um, we're now going to talk about that time your Boy Scout leader. I'm kidding. Um, this week, I think it was this week, maybe we started it last week. We finished it really quick. Uh, Kai and I started watching a show on Netflix called uh, Made. Like M-A-I-D not M-A-D-E It's a true story based on a book by Stephanie Land Um, I'd heard a lot of people talk about the show And kind of saw it on different You know, on people's Facebook statuses Hey, you know, when somebody's like Anybody recommend a show? Blah, blah, blah And that's So we were looking for something new to watch And uh, the story's about a woman And her struggles trying to escape Domestic violence, poverty And, you know, it really gives you a look inside the programs and that and how they work and don't work for people who need help. And by programs, I mean like assistant programs, you know, shelters, the legal system. Um, I'll be honest; the show made me uncomfortable, and and not in a bad way. It was eye opening. Um, I'll be the first one to sit here and say, uh, I think sometimes my life affords me the luxury of not seeing how others struggle and suffer through no fault of my own you know your world is your world and to me I think it was a reminder that some people's struggles are not their fault either you know often time I've said you know the word poor is because poor choices and that poor results and that's how things get where they are Um, you know and and maybe I was wrong Um, it's probably the first time I've ever said that in my life just kidding like the third, throughout the show, anyways, I constantly found myself asking, asking, you know, and I would talk to Kai about. It. I was like, how can things be like this? You know, whether it was people's actions, uh, the resources that aren't so readily available for those people who are vulnerable. I mean, we live in a country where the government can send three hundred and eight million dollars to the Taliban. Like, they're terrorists. They're our enemy. Seriously. You know, and I thought about it, and, you know, as a family over the years, we spent a lot of time, money, um, helping dogs, and I love dogs dearly. Dogs are my favorite things. You know, they're dear to, there will never be a time where dogs are not everything. Everything. And uh, we'll always help there whenever it's needed. Uh, In the last, I don't know, we've taken a step back from that since Colby came in. Just for personal reasons of our own. uh, Just kind of to focus on things here. But, you know, I I talked to her about it and to Kai. And I was like, I think I want to shift my efforts into trying to give back to people you know local shelters and I don't know I I try to do a good job of this even when I'm bitching about stuff to understand how fortunate I am and how fortunate I have been you know almost since birth and now into my adulthood and realize that like it didn't have to be that way I mean you know and I also encourage any of you um To look for ways you can give back to your local community or those in need, whether they be two or Uh, four-legged. I don't mean four-legged people, I mean like animals. Um, You know, And I promise I'm not becoming some bleeding heart liberal, but I think this is something that I literally put in the script that I feel called to do. And uh, I think I'm going to vomit trying to read that and present that to you guys in a way... Because there's some of you right now that are listening to this, and you're just waiting for some horrible catch, like punchline on this. Like I'm gonna just dump all over this, and I'm not telling the truth. I swear I'm being honest. I really am. Um, I'm just trying to process the fact that I wrote, I felt called. Like I I, 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 got nothing. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna chug some of this whiskey real quick because I gotta wash it out of my mouth. You could still be a good person and drink a lot of whiskey. But I seriously plan on trying to be involved to help people. Um, well, let's be real. I probably need all the points I can to make sure I don't end up in hell. Well, who, who am I kidding? I'm going to hell. Um, anyway, speaking of good people and good things and all that, And Monday is the day we honor Dr. Martin Luther King. Not, this isn't going for a punchline. Um, You know, when I think about Dr. King, I think how unfortunate it is that the way some of the people that use him as a reference or as a symbol for what they stand for, they want to get across, like they're so off. Like, you know, Dr. King talked about not judging people by their skin, but by their character. And you know, and then you look at things like now, like critical race theory, where we literally would be teaching people things about, about skin color, and it's sad for me because I feel like, you know, you don't want the true message that was there and the good work that he did to kind of get lost in translation, and. I feel like anything over time that's what happens. So, yeah, you know. I guess that's my spiel on Dr. King. I think Dr. King was a brilliant man. I think he tried to fight the good fight. I mean, he was a Republican. Um, the Democrats were still the racists back then. But who knows, you know, how long in school before they try to say he would have been wearing a Black Lives Matter t-shirt, which he wouldn't have. He would have argued that, you know, everyone matters, that violence wasn't the answer. And that ultimately things come down to our character, you know. But anyways, that's all I got tonight, folks. Um, Hope you enjoyed the show. Um, Thank you for listening. Don't forget to check out the t-shirt shop. Follow us on social media. Pour yourself some drinks. Have a great weekend. Watch some football games. Packers are off this weekend, so we'll find out who they're going to play. Um, it'll either be, what, Dallas, San Francisco, Tampa, or Philly, or maybe the Rams or Cardinals. I don't know. They get the lowest seat remaining because they're the number one team. But if it's anything like any other Packer year, well, I'm prepa- I'm going to start saving the whiskey because I'm going to need it in a couple weeks. Thank you. Good night.